0: Is the world. Hi, everybody. Chris Gether here. Welcome to New Jersey is the World. It's been a long time since we've had a small business spotlight. This is one of the many series we do on the show where I talk to someone who runs a small business about how they got into it, how it came to be, and how it's going, and how it relates to New Jersey, and what they learn about New Jersey in running a small business here. It's always a good time. Uh, Today we'll be talking to Steve Ziegler from Backyard Cinemas. I'm going to talk more about that in a second. Uh, I also want to say, I didn't even ask Steve to come up with a promo code for our listeners, but you will hear in the episode, he springs on me. If you like the sound of Backyard Cinemas, and you're like, that's something I should do for a birthday party, or a playoff game, or an event, of some sort. He's willing to give you a hundred bucks off with the code NJITW, as you will hear in the course of the episode. So huge thanks to Steve for that. Speaking of commerce, speaking of uh, <laughs> capitalism, below the slash Chris Gethard, that's where we've always stored our t shirt sales got a lot of great t-shirts over there our what would bruce do shirt is probably our biggest seller also just the straight up new jersey is the world shirt as well as some including references to jug which was essex catholic high school's uh justice under god punishment program which makes us laugh but not many people bought it the theme park union workers and of course the i am the Hohokus strangler shirt which is a reference to an episode we never actually released we got excited and made the t-shirt and then decided actually this episode is not up to snuff anyway below the collar has been really great to us uh they have announced that they are shutting down it's a bummer so if you want to get a t-shirt you got to go to belowthecollarcom slash chris gether this month and you can find stuff there if you want to get it for the holidays i'd order it quickly for you or the young one in your life, we we had someone, Maz Misk on the Patreon said, please don't get rid of the t-shirts. I, I don't live in Jersey anymore. And the amount of people I meet from Jersey via wearing these t-shirts is incredible. So that made me smile. That made me laugh. My guess is that we'll reestablish t-shirt sales somewhere else at some point. I don't know how many of the old designs will survive. Like I, I can't imagine us in good faith re-uploading the Hohokus Strangler t-shirt design when it's in relation to a t-shirt that legitimately does not exist or an episode that does not exist rather. Um, so that being said, if you want to get any of the t-shirts we've had thus far, below com slash Gethard. And as far as t-shirts in the future, I don't know if we'll have any. They've never been a huge piece of the plan here and if we do they'll show up at some point somewhere else we'll think about it anyway below the collar.com slash chris gethard and as i mentioned the patreon is always out there patreon.com slash new jersey is the world thanks so much everybody now steve Ziegler, i came to learn about backyard cinemas uh old friend of mine jared laxer who is uh, he, You've heard him. If, you, if you're on the Patreon, you know from Garden State Agoots he leaves voicemails for us a lot, and they're always really funny. Jared's an old friend of mine. Um, he used to run a comedy show at Time Warp Comics in Cedar Grove. He used to come hang out a fair amount at the uh, old public access studio when I was doing my old TV show there. And we just got to know each other over the years. I was always aware... He was a Jersey guy, and we've just always stayed in touch over the years, and he's become someone who really contributes to the fabric of New Jersey as the world. He gave me the heads-up about backyard cinemas, and he was like, you're going to love it. It's a real hustle. It's a real grind, and Steve is a great guy, and that has proven true. And Ostensibly, backyard cinemas will come as the title suggests and set up a cinema in your backyard. You want a real screen with a real sound system and a real projector for your event, they got you. But I realized with this, a Jared was like, you got to talk to Steve because a lot of this was born out of Steve's vision of, I've got some knowledge and then I figure out an Avenue towards seeing where this towards how to get this off the ground in a way that's not going to break the bank. And, uh, there's hustle there. And then on top of it, what I thought was so interesting is when you were invited into backyards you are a Bloomfield, New Jersey-based business, but where you will go anywhere up and down this state. What a fascinating way to start seeing the culture of New Jersey. Especially, I mean, a lot of this is kids' birthday parties, as you can imagine. So you start to see parenting in action. And you see, what's it like to set up a, a party in a neighborhood where the yards are all close together versus people who have estates? And you start to think about the the various way that people cross over and class divide in this state and these things we talk about all the time on the show, I started to say, man, this business is kind of like a fly-on-the-wall look at all of that. So we were able to talk about that and so much more, and it was a really great conversation. Support Backyard Cinemas for your latest event, for your birthday, for your playoff game, as mentioned, for your Kentucky Derby. That is a stressful story that we will hear in there. Anyway. Enjoy, everybody. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here, and I want to welcome you to New Jersey is the World. And if you listen to the show, you know, we do all kinds of episodes. We, we do some that are just us talking shit about nostalgia, and then we do some food-focused episodes. We do some South Jersey-focused episodes. We might do deep dives into different towns. And every once in a while, one thing that we like to do is shine the spotlight on a small business that is born of New Jersey, operating out of New Jersey. And I'm very excited to continue our small business spotlight today as we talk with Steve Ziegler of Backyard Cinemas. Steve, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Chris. How you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, I first came to know of you because we have a we have a good mutual friend, um, your friend, Jared, who I think used to help out with your business in some capacity. Is someone who I've just known for many years through the comedy scene, and who's been, you know, a comedian in his own right, has been very supportive of of my shows over the years. So that's how I call wind of you, and uh, it's it's nice to sit down and talk about your business.
1: Yeah, Jared. Uh, Jared worked with us for several years at Backyard and was a huge part of our growth process. And excited to talk some stories about how we uh, how we got here.
0: Yeah, and 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 people can look up Backyard Cinemas. You're based out of Bloomfield. Essex County. I'm always happy to support Essex County. They'll see it in your site. So you can you have a mobile rig. You can set up movie screenings with a real screen, with sound, with a concession stand. You also can do arcade setups. So I have to imagine that there's a lot of kids parties here. There's a lot of, I would have to imagine adults who want to set up the arcades and also have some booze involved here. It is these types of things, correct?
1: Exactly. You know, we call, we call them all kids parties, really, because adults are really just the kids at heart. So really all custom and catered to the event and how they're how the group wants to do it. Um, we have tons of different birthday parties that we do. And as you mentioned, we have some awesome adult parties, video games, all different sorts of parties where we're kind of either the main, main vendor in it or we're, we're part of a group of a bunch of different vendors making it, you know, some sort of uh, whether it's a public event or a private event. But yeah, parties are our main thing, and uh, we we like to consider ourselves the premier outdoor theater experience. And uh, with the arcade experience, we've also now brought the experience indoors, which is great for the winter time, and also gives our hosts like some flexibility in figuring out how to make the party perfect for them.
0: And. People will go to your site and they'll see immediately you've got all different packages uh, that start with the basic one, which is like, let's execute the event itself with the movie or the arcade you're choosing. And then it can also be, I mean, we're talking, you can roll up with a popcorn machine, you can roll up with all sorts of additions that just make it less and less of like, Hey, this is your backyard and more of like, Hey, tonight it's a movie theater, buckle up, uh, which is very cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. We definitely uh, take a lot of pride in like, not just the movie, but the experience itself you know, as you're hosting a party, like, you know, there's a lot more than just watching the movie. Um, you mentioned like our our concessions, which are really, really cool. We bring uh, some premium surround sound, which really kind of makes it a true theater. LED lighting, which kind of brings back that like campfire outdoor movie vibe and a lot of premium add-ons that kind of just make that experience as much as you want it to be. And then we can also make it just as simple as, as you'd like to with just the screen. But Adding the other stuff certainly makes it a more memorable experience. Super fun.
0: Now, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you today, and I'm going to call out our buddy because Jared Laxer is great. The guy also loves a fucking story more than anyone I know. <laughs> the guy loves talking shit, and I love it because I'm that way too. But
1: this is true.
0: He happened to tell me, and I don't know if you know this, the origin story of Backyard Cinema which when he told it to me, I said, that is one of the most Jersey hustle stories I've heard. And I feel like this is a story where you'll be able to either say it's totally true or like, okay, here's the parts where he's just trying to tell you a good story. But according to Jared, and I may not remember all the details, but the bullet points are basically that you did not have any intention of setting up this business, that you were working another job and that that job was getting rid of a bunch of AV equipment. And you were like, wait, if you guys are just getting rid of this, can I take it? And that that was like the headwaters that led to you obviously filling out things in a big way. But he made it sound like you were like, hey, you guys are getting rid of some of this stuff, and this is not trash. I'm sensing a goddamn business opportunity in this moment, and then you went Bloomfield on it and built it into a business. Is this true or
1: false? Before I answer that question, I do want to say that That one man's trash is another man's treasure. Absolutely. And, you know, the Bloomfield roots certainly are there with our business, but yes and no. So my background is in tech. And while we were while I was finishing up a project, I essentially was looking at a whole bunch of stuff that was on a scrap pile. And I had asked, they said, you know, this is completely good stuff. It's just going to it's going to e waste. And they said, Yeah, but Unfortunately, you can't take that like off off a project. you know it's it's certified in a contract, and uh, it has to be thrown away. But what it did do is it gave me the idea mm. to work with used equipment to start my to start the business. And so what I actually did do is and this is actually a little little secret for anybody who wants to start making you know their own you know do their own movies in their backyard, is I actually went on Amazon and I looked at all of the projectors, and I went on Best Buy and went to all the projectors. And if you click in the little tab next to, um, on all of the items, there's usually a used, uh, section and you can get a worn, a used version of that particular projector. And what I would do is I would find these models for the projectors that I knew were the highest level, um, in the industry and would essentially use this, use those item numbers and SKUs professional, um, setup using all of the knowledge that I had taken from my previous opportunity but to be candid no we did not use them but but we certainly did get the idea from getting that
0: so it was less it, it was not the you 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 took the path train home that night with a projector under your arm which was my initial impression
1: yeah not quite
0: but a little bit more in a way that's actually even more of a hustle of realizing oh that's insanely wasteful this stuff has to be ending up somewhere there's got to be a way to get my hands on it cuz i mean that's just also you you hear stories like that and you go man there's so much um so much contractual waste all like all over the world like so much stuff like hey it's in our contract that's that that's waste and you're going oh no at some point Somebody is picking that thing up and it's winding up somewhere. And then that leads to this research where you start to realize, oh, there's actually a lane here to find an affordable way to do this. That in its own way is just as much of a hustle and very, very cool.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. I feel like this whole process has really tested not only like all of the knowledge that I have, but also kind of sparked that innovation, that, that innovative uh, mindset that I've always had. The entrepreneurial spirit has always been something that's a big part of me since I was really young. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, this backyard started, we started in May uh, 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I like to credit a lot of, you know, what we did or more so what made it work so well is that it was innovation in a time of social desperation. And it was one of those, when I, when we came to the idea of it, it was something where we as a team knew that it was something that we had to commit to right away. And that knowing, and you mentioned Jersey, just like knowing how dense New Jersey is and how connected we all are, we would be able to find out whether the idea was good or bad very quickly.
0: That is one of the things that's high value in this state that I don't think I've heard anybody, I don't think I've heard anybody say it that succinctly on our show before. Of like, But I think it's really true. The Northeast and Jersey in particular, if you need to test something, you can test it with all sorts of people in a very short period of time you can find out how something works in different communities people from different social classes you can figure out who are the types of people that spread word of mouth on your type of idea you will figure out your business idea really quickly in this state it's really smart and to hear that you figured out this lane. I'm like, oh, I, I think I'm sensing that there's access to used equipment and I know what all the most high level equipment is. And then to put all those pieces together and go, oh, we can start an outdoor events company. At that time, primarily outdoors, when the world is being told you can only hang out outdoors and we can do a customizable boutique thing where you can invite select group of people that you know and trust. Um, again, the hustle is remarkable, and everybody who listens to this podcast I think appreciates a good hustle and it sounds like you shot a very good shot and uh, and i'm I'm glad that I'm glad you got it going and and I hope that the momentum has only built since then. and I get the sense that it has.
1: Yeah, the momentum this year has just been phenomenal. My, I'm a big numbers guy and one of my favorite statistics just about Packyard is that over fifty percent of our events are, are booked the second time. And I think for us it's a matter of like not only delivering an awesome experience for people, but also making everyone part of it. Yeah. You know, when it's someone's birthday, it's not just like the kids' birthday, but it's all, all the people that are attending there. So that ambiance is so, is super important. Being someone or more so working with kids has to be a passion. of yours in this business, um, working with people in general, I just love connecting with all the different families. And there's been so many awesome stories over the years. You know, we talk about like birthday parties and things like that. But you know, there's there's also uh, events where we've done a soldier that's come home from service and it's only been a four person event. And those kinds of events are some of the most special to me, you know, and and our team, those restaurant nights where the proceeds go to St. Mary's Kids Hospital, you realize that your innovation is also making a difference. I think That that's something that we've really focused on the last few years. I think the first two years were basically just a focus in innovation. And now it's about connection with community. And, um, I'm extremely grateful, not only for the reception, but also the feedback, as you know, in Jersey, we're not afraid to tell people how it is. So I've had people who have, you know, they they'll finish an event and they'll, you know, we'll finish everything and everyone will have a great time, but they'll take the time to give me a call back and say how we could have done it better. And that was something that really made a huge difference for us in those first years people had that patience for us to grow. And I think at a time when the world stood still and time moved just a little bit slowly, like a little bit, I guess, slower, we were able to have that grace in figuring things out, but also slowly gaining that momentum and learning how to grow through the process to make ourselves a truly premium experience. Like it's, it's been a great growing process. It's been an awesome experience, but there has been some hilarious growing pains along the way uh, i like to laugh at them now but painful at the time for sure
0: <laughs> now I, I also have to ask too we're in a very dense populated part of the world bloomfield's right there in essex county where everybody's on top of each other a logistical question that is not the most exciting question i was today but that i will not uh be able to get out of my head until i ask it is so as this business it's this is it's a, a funny business because it basically it starts with a projector. Now let's find a screen. Now let's fill it out with some sound. And we can effectively get started, right? But it grows in time. And you can even see on your website, oh, or we can bring the popcorn machine. We can bring the arcade games. We can also bring the kit. Can- how are you where are you storing all this shit how do you transport it all
1: <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that i like to i like to equate the packing process of our vehicles kind of like a like a tetris game you know but eventually we have been able to figure it out where we split it across uh, across our team members uh, we use like yeah moving packet uh, moving materials and packing stuff to make sure that everyone's uh, cars are all safe um, a majority of our staff has larger SUVs. Certainly, as we uh, continue to grow and expand, looking into you know going uh, further south up to New York and things like that, we're definitely looking into getting like a mobile van and things like that. But we do have um, an office and a storage area where we keep all of our gear. That's awesome.
0: So this starts as like, I think this could work. And within a few years, you you've now got an office and storage area just for backyard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been an awesome um, it's been an awesome ride. That's
0: That's like, that's pretty rad. It's really rad. Now, one of the things I was excited to talk to you about today, and I want to be clear, I'm not asking this in any way. Like, I I don't want you to answer in any way that's, because I I have the luxury of being a comedian on this show and being like, ah, fucking Maplewood. You know, like everyone's heard us rant about stuff like that a million times. But at the end of the day, I travel around the state a lot. I've been doing comedy in every county. And you start to realize, first of all, like, Everywhere you go in Jersey, people share a very common work ethic. Everybody's just trying to hang out, take care of their families. All of our Route 46 looks the same as all its equivalents in South Jersey. Like it looks more similar than we like to pretend and blah, blah, blah. But point being, I did think it was really fascinating to talk to you from a cultural perspective in the sense of when people, contract your business. Th- as you mentioned, they're very often bringing you into their backyard or into their home. And meanwhile, you're in Bloomfield, which is a town that I have a weird fascination with, always have. It's a few towns away from West Orange where I grew up, but I'm more compact. But we all know even within Bloomfield, you've got the North Belleville side, you've got the Montclair Glen Ridge side. And like that's a thing that if you grow up there, you're you're intimately aware of. And that when you're in high school, it's one of the first things you're figuring out about people as you meet them is like, which I can kind of learn a few things about you. I can right? like, in a lot of towns, like you get sent to a certain town and I bet you already have the shorthand of, okay, these houses are going to be a little close together. Is there going to be a sound issue with neighbors complaining? And then also you start to get out to some counties that are a little more spread out or have a reputation for being a little more wealthy, and you go, okay, there's probably going to be some dedicated area to set this up, and that's going to be dope, but am I going to be dealing with a different type of attitude? Point being, it's a very, very interesting business that gets you invited into people's homes for special events where their nerves are sometimes maybe a little high. And I'm wondering if you've had any time to think of like, oh, I'm seeing New Jersey from a perspective not many people see it from, and what you're learning about our state as you do. And if there's any areas of the state where you go, you know what jumps out at me is when I get Bergen County people, I'm always dealing with this. And I'm not trying to ask you to talk shit, certainly not in any way that would cost you any business, but I'm wondering if you start to notice different things about different parts
1: of the state. I I think that one thing that's reflecting on that question is I think that our business truly, or more so where we kind of are doing our events, is really that reflection of New Jersey is the world. Yeah. And you have so many different pieces of Jersey that have their own unique, you know, beauty to them. And I think that what I've come to appreciate is like and and you use the word like intimacy. It's kind of like those intimate moments of, you know, watching movies with with your family and not only just being invited to that but creating that intimacy is something that, you know, we really take With a lot of pride but also realize it's a big responsibility and with that comes i guess it's a little bit of tension at the beginning because these like you said it's a very unique experience where you're not only having a service business like in your place but you're also having them stay there and kind of organize everything in your home and that's something that is really founded with a relationship of trust and for us we always provide the option of doing a virtual walkthrough or an actual site walk. I'm a big believer in establishing relationships with your hosts because this is an event that we're kind of doing together. You know, I can bring as many. You know, I can bring the projectors, I can bring the sound, I can bring that. But if if you don't have people that are willing to have fun and also connect and help and do that and have that whole Jersey attitude of being willing to get outside and enjoy the spirit and company of other people. I think that that alignment is truly what makes us unique and not only unique, but it's an awesome response. It's, it's an awesome opportunity to be able to do it. So when we do those walkthroughs, we kind of make sure that those pain points where there might have any concerns, we address them right up front. You know, I'll say, you know, what's your biggest reservation about this event? What's your, and they'll, they'll say the sun setting uh, over my house, you know, and we'll make sure that, you know, they'll say, I have an event that's at 630, sunsets at 615. How are we going to pull this off? And the first thing is making those adjustments, like making sure that your site walk is at the time that you're doing the movie. You know, having an understanding, meeting m- meeting who's ever birthday. You know, the birthday kid. You know, making sure that not only you know your name, but you know their face. You're not looking for them on the day. And these are all the little details that I've learned in customer service, and also just through being a professional that those little differences add up, and that. I think what Backyard is, is it's a it's a big culmination of all the, li- the little pieces. And that makes the whole thing kind of its own unique, beautiful thing.
0: Have you gotten any weird requests that you've had to turn down?
1: I've had a couple of political things where I just, it, it's been in public and the groups weren't, I, I, listen, I've actually done a few things where I'm, if I align with an organization that's trying to do something publicly and screen something, we're happy to do it as long as they have the content that's licensed to them and things like that. But there have been a few public events where we couldn't do it. There's a lot of times where, um, and a little peek behind the curtain here, I've actually had to say this a few times, and it's more so for public events. When you do a public event, and you're, or more so any event that's outside of your home space, and you, you're screening a movie, uh, you have to pay a licensing fee to uh, the studio. So there have been a bunch of times where someone will tell me, you know, hey, we're doing this at my house. And then I come to find out that we're, you know, there was a few times where it wasn't exactly um, a private space. And it's something where we kind of need to make sure that um, we're abiding by all those sorts of laws and copyright and stuff like that. And then on top of that, I've had, I haven't had any that I've really turned down, unless it's been on something where it's the the outdoor area has been either like, too sloped or something or, or the conditions just weren't permitting, uh, for the setup that they were looking for. And then we've always found alternative locations for it, which I think is an awesome testament to kind of our, our model. You you can do it in one place, place, we can figure it out in somewhere else. And, uh, I like being able, one of my favorite quotes is by Bruce Lee and he says, be water and just, you know, being able to, fill any sort of space that you're you're poured into is is something that we try to try to embody
0: now on new jersey is the world i have uh often said that the stretch of route 202 that starts in bernardsville and goes down to um you know through through Peapack, gladstone far hills all the way to bedminster i have i've often said that in my opinion that's the most evil part of the state Mm -hmm. because they have access to train lines where they can commute to new york in a day but also that they're living in Gilded Age mansions. And in my mind, there has to be evil. And I've joked about that. And it, one of the lines I've said is like, uh, if there's anywhere where there's like eyes wide shut style human sacrifice parties with orgies going on, it's definitely in that stretch of Route 202 up there above Ravine. For sure. Let's say someone contacts you and says, we're those people and we're having an Eyes Wide Shut style thing in one of these weird Somerset County mansions and we want you to come set up and screen some like uh, avant-garde French sort of pornography as part of this. Do you go, I will accept the big money on that? Or do you go, this is wild? Me, I go, I need to see this contract accepted. I'm wondering- I'm wondering how you would feel if the evil Somerset County people tried to contract you for one of their eyes wide shut
1: parties. So those I have
0: long posited happiness?
1: That would be some. That would certainly be an event where we had to alter the terms and conditions, I feel <laughs> like of <we> those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I always like to say we never turn anything down, but um, but I would certainly, uh, I think that we would need a little bit more information than just the sidewalk to determine whether that's an event we could do.
0: Well said. Spoken truly like a business owner who knows how to watch his own ass. Well done. Well done.
1: I have to. I have to. Chris.
0: There's going to be non-disclosure agreements flying in all directions for that particular contract.
1: Oh my God. All around me, flying.
0: All Do you start to get um, requests for people who want to like screen playoff games, um, sports events, things like that, and you show up and start to realize like, uh, you know, what do you do if you say, if you show up and you're like, oh, this is like, everybody's gambling and stressed out and this is why, like, are you starting to run into anything like that?
1: Oh, uh, well, I got, I, I certainly have one one sporting event story that, that I can definitely share. Two of our biggest, two of our biggest like sporting events that we do during the year is, uh, one is the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl, we were always, you know, always booked up. But uh, interestingly enough, the one of the other sport events we do is the Kentucky Derby. And there's a lot of as as we've kind of discussed before, you know, the content, the movie, whatever you're watching, is just a small piece of the entire experience. You know, I feel like the Derby is one of like the biggest reflections of that with all the, you know, the hats and all the, you know, everything before the Derby and just the whole ambiance of it. So I did, we, we've done a few uh, derby events um, over the years. But one, <laughs> one event in particular, we did a Kentucky Derby broadcast in a house. And this was actually our first year where we had done um, any sort of like broadcasting stuff. And while it's in your, while it's in your home, you got to make sure that when you're broadcasting something that it's being used like on their stuff. So it's the hosts like, you know, cable or their streaming service or things like that. And I had noticed that I had everything set up and the Derby is the Kentucky Derby really only lasts the, the actual race is what a minute and a half, two minutes total. Right. right. So as the, you know, as the Derby is about to start, everyone's gathering around the screen. There's maybe like 30 people at this event and I'm standing by and I'm like kind of just checking, double checking everything. And I noticed, (laughs) and I looked over to the right, to my, you know, to one of my team members and I said, where's the hotspot? And they said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Where is the Wi-Fi hotspot for connection to make sure that we're good when the race starts in in five minutes?" And we were kind of searching all over for the place. It's this really small hockey puck sized device. Really couldn't really couldn't find it anywhere.
0: And this is the thing you bring with you.
1: Yes, yes, you bring it. All we bring it to all of our events because that way we're uh. able to provide Wi-Fi. So as the race is about to start, we ju- I find it just in time. I look at the screen on it and I see the battery has an exclamation part, a mark blinking on it. The battery must've been su- battery super low. So as I'm looking for the charger, I hear the gunshot of the race starting and all of the people out, everyone is, is hurled around the entire screen, you know, huddled as, as the, <laughs> as the horses are going around. And I, um, I look down and the screen is off. Um, the, on the hot spot. And I look and I see the people watching the the movie. I mean I see them watching the race. And I realize that the inevitable is about to happen.
0: It's going to turn off mid-race. And
1: as and as the horses are rounding as they say rounding the turn four, I hear people screaming, screaming at the screen. I have a guy who is I I shit you not no more than 18, you know, a foot away from the screen. And boom cuts out right before the, right before the end as they're crossing over the finish line no and i think i i say to myself uh the real miracle it was kind of like a hanukkah sort of thing the candles being you know the the candles uh going longer i had no idea how they even got to that point in the event because the hot spot had crap had, had crashed about like a minute before but um it was that in that moment uh that i realized how important it is to take care of every single small detail (laughs) uh in in doing an event so um i kind of had to sit in that and that's that was one of my uh one of my more brutal um miscues
0: and is that is one I mean. Everyone at that party must turn and stare at you at that point, and then you've got to sit down
1: and have a discussion with the person who booked that event. Just sitting there with a dead hot spot, with my feet crossed in a, in, in mud, pressed. In mud and do, do you know who had moved it? So the thing was that I had been knocked off a table, and the kids must have been like, it, it was. Kind, it had been a rainier, like a rainier day before, like before. So when you get that those kinds of conditions, you get it. Kind of like things, kind of like kind of like sit in the, in the dirt. And, uh, one of the kids kind of like stepped on it and pressed it into the ground. And that's why we we couldn't find it anywhere. (laughs) I couldn't find that thing for the life of me. Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah, it was, it was tough, but it was, uh, it was honestly, it was the one of, it was the first year that we started doing it. And, um, you know, we're, we're about to enter our fifth season. So we're, it's, it's again, one of those growing pains that we can look back on with a smile.
0: Yes. Now I love that you're sharing some of the, uh, the disaster stories. And I want to, as you said, you're, you're now five years in and it's going well, you got the office, you got a storage space, you've got how many, how many events do you have multiple rigs? Like, can you book out multiple parties a night?
1: Yes. So what we do, so the structure that we have is we have an 11 AM slot, 2 PM, 5 PM and 8 PM. And then we have two slots in each time. Um, you know, each time. So we can do up to eight events a day. Wow. Um, I have, uh, our team has anywhere between like eight and 10 setups, depending on how many speakers you're using. So um, the good thing about the flexibility is, you know, the more small events, the, the more small events at one time that are going on, the more that we can do and the same you know in the opposite way when we have bigger events we can only do so many at that time
0: so do you, are you do you have to train your guys to be able to like set up and particularly break down like we're talking like NASCAR pit crew style of like this goes here that goes here this goes here
1: it is genuinely like a NASCAR NASCAR pit crew i had one <laughs> one lady that looked into looked into my suv one time she looks in, up and down Scales the vehicle, sees that the equipment is up to the top. She goes, "It's just like a clown car." Very nice. I said, "You know, you know something. That's that's one way to describe it." So, I'm happy to orchestrate this circus every day. You know,
0: well done, well done. And I also, as far as disaster stories go, my son's four, so we've now held a number of birthday parties for him. Children's birthday parties are not always known for going according to plan. And I have to imagine there's times where you might be in a situation where you probably also have to train your crew on like, okay, so like if a kid has a meltdown, here's our company policy on how to stay out of that. Or if a parent is acting like a jerk, here's how we handle that. But I have to imagine five seasons in, we're starting to feel like I have to imagine we've seen at least a few of uh of these situations unfold
1: yeah uh, to be quite honest it's become the normality after these years Oh, that's a bummer to hear <laughs> yeah it's what it, I, I feel like in one way shape or form the kids love to bring chaos and i think that's kind of the beauty of kids you know i had uh we had a kid who one kid was fascinated with potato chips okay and they were uh, one kid who asked for potato chips they all asked for potato chips And the thing I couldn't figure out was why all these kids were asking for potato chips. And they were, I kept on hearing the bags popping and I'm like, Oh no, these kids are all, they're all just popping the bags, like just for the noise. And they're letting the, you know, the chips spill everywhere. And as I'm walking to the parents to say, maybe we should kind of clean this up. I hear a kid walk up to um one of our guys at the concession stand and he says more mashed potatoes please <laughs> so at that point i realized what was going on and then my guy hands him the hands him the chips and says enjoy so sometimes you just have to kind of buy into it and clean it up yourself and realize that the kids having the fun is what's making it memorable yeah, And whether or not I feel like most of our as kids, some of our best memories were breaking rules. And I feel like a lot of times having, you know, uh, having a place where kids feel kind of safe to break the rules weirdly makes me f- feel privileged to do that. Um, but at the same time, uh, cleaning up chips is a bitch.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to imagine, too, because I've seen this at parties. I'm sure one of the lessons you must learn early is there's gotta be language of like, look, so we are setting up a screening or we're setting up an arcade. We are not providing childcare. Because sometimes parents get to a party and they wanna go, cool, movie started, goodbye. And then it's the wild west. And I have to imagine there's gotta be situations where you've had to train your crew and like we gotta have language to prevent that and or a plan in place on how to deal with it. Cause I've seen these parents just turn and look away and anything goes.
1: Yeah, there are some parents who want to be on top of the entire event. And I'd much rather deal, honestly, work and work together with a, a parent that is on top of the event 100% once every I dotted and T crossed than the parent that once we start the movie checks out. Because I like to also say that the fine line for us is like being the providers of fun versus being the disciplinarians. And I'm not here, like, we're not here at all to, like, tell a kid how to behave. We're under the assumption that all kids are well-behaved, knowing that there are certainly a few that will always surprise us. But for us, it's also a matter of um, getting all of our team members trained in an environment that is a little bit, um, I guess, we work. uh, One thing that we do for our training groups, to be honest, is we have a family and friends group where we'll do um, a couple screenings at the beginning of the season and it lets all of our new team members experience, you know, serving kids, you know, making popcorn for the first time. Uh, usually there's two, uh, there's two members on the team that are kind of split. One is it, one is on the tech side and the other one is on the concession side. So our concession stand worker, they'll be doing, uh, the fresh popcorn the theater box candy, whichever one of the vendors, if you're doing a premium event, we're partners with a whole bunch of awesome uh, dessert vendors, Um and they kind of handle all of the food process and then the lead works with the technician and they'll kind of get all the the items set up, like the projector, um your surround sound, LED lighting. And it's funny that you mentioned the NASCAR analogy because you know it's one thing to set it all up, um, but it's another thing to get it all set up in under an hour. Yeah. And it's a lot of moving parts. And whether or not the event and obviously for our larger events in public, we'll we'll get there a few hours beforehand. But we can pretty much guarantee and keep a schedule tight by um, having an hour before each of our events, and can guarantee that we'll get that event started. One of the things that we really take a lot of pride in is also, you know, being able to deliver with what you say. Because a lot of times people almost book us is like it's a challenge. I'll have a guy from, you know, you you talk about all the different characters from Jersey. The guy I had a guy who called me, he's like. I don't know how you guys are going to do it, but I called you just to just to see how you how you pull it off. So I just appreciate like those people who support local businesses and support the people that are giving it a shot. And you know, it's it, to be in a phase where you're kind of growing into your mistakes and learning all of the things that make you unique and keeping some and adding others. Um, that's kind of the that, that's kind of the whole thing. um but yeah what was your question again <laughs> i don't even remember but it was a great
0: answer um i did have another thought in mind too are you seeing do you ever get booked for stuff that's less you know it's not a birthday you mentioned before i'm really fascinated to hear like you mentioned you had an event that was super private for a soldier coming home i sit there i go that's amazing you know like I also imagine, do you start to run into stuff where it's people going, my kid has never seen Star Wars and he's old enough now, and the first time he sees Star Wars, it's got to be on a real screen with real sound, and I'm bringing in Backyard. Do you start to see stuff like that that's like – we got to make this special for the film, for the event, for the movie itself. This is like a, I want this to live on in my child's memory as like a momentous thing they remember.
1: Yeah, we actually had that um, at one of our one of the last arcade events at the end of October. It was really interesting because one of the coolest parts about our arcade experience is that we bring, the not only just do we do like the big screen, but we also do games that have up to eight players at one time. So we'll have the Super Smash Bros, Brothers, or um, we'll have Mario Kart, we'll do Mario Party, all these different games that allow multiplayer, local play. So that means that it's, you know, a bunch of people playing the game on one screen at the same time. And as the kids were playing, I had one kid look up to me and goes, "I've never played video games with my friends at my house." And I took a step back and I was like playing video games with my friends like plug in the n64 that was that was an hours of fun that was that was summers you know that was we uh, you know we like, turned to months right
0: yes that was like you can think of the like the year goldeneye came out every person of a certain age remembers where their life was at that summer because all you did was get together with those friends and play goldeneye
1: yeah and i think that something that's so amazing about video games in particular is that a lot of the games have still stayed? You got Mario Kart, that's still a huge game with kids today. You have Super Smash, with it, which is a huge game for all, people of all ages. And something that I've just noticed, and we talked about—you know—you mentioned kids parties, adult parties. This is where I say it's literally all kids parties because when you see a, like the parents hopping in with the with the kids playing playing those games and truly having like an awesome time. I feel like one of the things that's really tough about being a parent is constantly having to manufacture fun and create these experiences and create these moments of joy that lead to, you know, a, a childhood of happiness. And something that we can contribute is is kind of building up to those moments. And I can bring the technology, but if you're a parent that's not willing to play with your kid, that's the difference. And, you know, being there and just like the little things, like when a kid walks up to me and asks them to open up their snack that means that they, you know, they trust me and they know that uh, they can ask me as much as they can a parent. And that, as we talk about be- being in someone's home, those are those little you know, moments where it really, you-, you feel the difference of the impact of what you do and it reminds you every time why you do it.
0: I have to say, that is not the first answer you've given today, where I sit here and I go, you were thinking about this in a way That's very cool and respectful of people's experience and trying to give them an experience where, you know, some people might go and and I was like, Jared had me giggling where he's like, dude, like he stumbled into this business because all this stuff was getting thrown out. And then to hear the real origin of it, which is just as cool. But then also that part of why it works is you going, Oh, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, we can screen a movie, but what's important is that that movie brings that family together that night or. We can have people playing video games, but what's important is that idea that these kids are realizing, oh, these video games don't need to be solitary, can be sense of community. It makes it clear to me how you've survived for five years and continue to grow, and while I have a feeling it'll keep growing because that's a human touch that only a local business can have, right? Like people who, the corporate versions of people who will come and set up movie screens, don't ever slow down to think of it that way. And that's a massive, massive difference.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing that I wanna kind of reiterate here is Backyard is not a competitor to your local movie theater. Please, please, everyone that's listening to this, go out and support your local movie theater. As you know, like on Bloomfield uh, on Bloomfield Avenue, Montclair, like the Clared Cinema, these are awesome and places that support local film. They're, they're, they support, you know, all, different types of arts and we are simply just a, a different experience from going out to the movies. And, um, you know, I have to, I have to ask you a quick question. Did you ever go to the the drive? Uh, have you ever been to the drive-in theater up in Warwick, New York?
0: I have not. I know that it's the closest one, but I don't think I've ever been to that one. I've been to the one in Glens Falls,
1: New York, uh,
0: but not the one in Warwick, New York.
1: I, uh, a huge, um, many, many nights, summer nights spent up there um, that just totally embodies like the spirit of going out to the movies and, and what kind of what we do. And if you're looking to kind of, if you're saying to yourself like, Hey, you know, I don't really, you know, know about having these guys come out, but I really would love to experience an outdoor movie. Obviously we'll be doing a whole bunch of public events that I'd love to talk to you about, uh, you know, later, but more importantly uh you know outdoor movie theaters are still uh you know drive-in theaters are still still there and what's really great about that is you know cinema is such a unique it is such an awesome art and i went to uh mason gross film school uh, at Rutgers, and one of the things that we would always um focus on was in scenes for documentaries was the lighting you know, the sound and making sure that all the little details for a scene was kind of set. And I kind of take that and I apply it to how we approach the scene in which the person is watching the movie. That's very cool. And, and that's kind of how we, you know, build around, you know, just figuring that whole aspect of it out.
0: It's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. Let's go ahead let us know. You mentioned there's some public events you want people to know about coming up. I want to make sure people know how they can get in touch with you. If you've got, do you cover all of Jersey? Like if people call you up and say, I live in Gloucester, Cumberland County, are you like, let's make it happen? Or is it, Hey, we got to focus on our service area.
1: We serve all over, uh, all over New Jersey. We serve uh, the New York area. We also serve the Philly area, uh, Pennsylvania. So we're all over, uh, the tri-state area. We have, we're going to be having a few public events coming in 2024, Um, if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram at backyard cinemas underscore, and then our website is www.backyardcinemas.co. Um, there you can find all of the different, uh, offerings that we have, all the different experiences and, um, packages and, um, you know, just wanted to also offer, um, a uh, hundred dollar gift card to all of your, all of your loyal listeners. Really? So uh, yeah, absolutely. So we didn't even uh, speak about it. Are you sure about this? Cause I think a lot absolutely. of hundred
0: bucks is not a small chunk of change. People are going to come at you with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have a code for this. It's uh, NJITW is going to be the code and uh, we'll, we'll have that code up. And once it's live, um, you know, follow us on Instagram and it will be there for all your listeners. Look at that.
0: I want everybody to get out there and uh, make sure you set up your Kentucky Derby party early because uh, we got to make sure we get in there and get that hotspot all hooked up
1: oh, Yeah, for sure. make
0: sure we got the backup running and that it's triple checked. Uh, Steve, it's been really, really great to pick your brain. I have to say, I'm not shocked to hear that you have a film background and that you went to school for it because it's such an interesting perspective on A lot of people think of film school and they go, everyone's going there and they're trying to become the next Stanley Kubrick, the next Steven Spielberg. But then you also realize, oh, or there's another way to think of it, which is the experience of film. Is there a way to package that? Is there a way to bring that to people? In an era where people need to have events be semi-private, semi-public because of the pandemic, can we figure out a methodology that lasts beyond the pandemic? In an era where a lot of people go the big, you know, I certainly am a a huge fan of just going to the movies and supporting movie theaters. And you see the numbers on the box office, some of them, and, and it's distressing. And then you see, you know, the Barbenheimer weekend, people go, movies are back. And I get it though. Some of the really big corporate chains, people go, you go and it's super expensive and people are making noise. I want something that's a little more boutique. I want it to just be me and my friends. And it seems like you have thought about it from a film perspective of how do we give you that experience where it's not, on your TV with a streaming password, where it feels underwhelming compared to it, but it's not a huge corporate chain that has some of the pains in the ass that come with that, but a really nice way for friends and family to get together and have a real cinema experience defined by their terms. It's it's very, very cool the way you're thinking about
1: it. Yeah, um, thanks, Chris. And. Just something I like to think about is it's everything but the movie, you know. Yeah, everything but everything but everything besides what's on the screen.
0: How often do people try to put you in a position to screen something unlicensed? You brought it. Like, how often is it like, dude? You get to just move on with your life tomorrow, and it could wreck my whole business. So, get the license. Go buy the DVD. You have to own the DVD. You're screened
1: Yeah. So that's. Uh, I think the biggest hurdle that we've had to have is kind of breaking the news to people that. Their house, ha- like something outside of their house, doesn't count as being inside of their house. <laughs> and you'd think that that would be a very <laughs> simple explanation, but they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, um, my, you know, my husband, my my husband, he works, you know, he he works at this uh, garden center, and the garden center they have, you know, they're doing a thing for charity, and they're bringing people in. So, is there any way that since we're doing it for charity, we can?" And it's just like the whole. No, that's not your home. So unfortunately, we just have to really stick with that. And then we've had a whole bunch of people who ask for movies before they come out. Really? You know, oh yeah. Oh yeah, we have we had a group that presented they get me give me stuff with sub with crazy subtitles and all that stuff I'm like I'm like uh, listen. This is not something that is part of your of your movie night. You can watch that on your own in your living room or on your laptop. <laughs> I
0: love I love that you get the view of Jersey that's like, I get to be woven into the infrastructure of people's like private family moments in a way that's really beautiful. And then also the shadiness of New Jersey does show up and try to drag me into it as well, which I think both are really great perspectives on the state. And it's been so lovely talking. And I want to make sure everybody goes and supports it's super kind to of you to set up that code NJITW it's really really awesome and I hope all of our listeners take advantage whether it's a party for somebody's birthday coming up or just oh straight up if I get a hundred bucks off I'm going to invite a few friends over and let's blow it out go big I hope everybody takes advantage of it because it's super giving and super kind of you
1: thanks so much Chris really appreciate the opportunity
2: hey everybody how's it going this is the voice of super producer Carson Cop here to wrap up the episode for you great interview with mr steve uh if you're looking for backyard cinemas on instagram you can find them at one word backyard cinemas underscore on instagram and if you're looking for more from us new jersey is the world you can find us on instagram at new jersey is the world you can find us on the greater worldwide web at NewJerseyIsTheWorld.com. is the you can find us at patreon at new jersey is the world or wherever you find podcasts but most importantly you can always feel free to reach out and bang the line of the home office here at new jersey is the world at 973-780-4660 that's 973-780-4660 leave us a message tell us how you're feeling tell us something about new jersey tell us something about ourselves tell us something about you Four, New Jersey is the World is a participatory project, and we are a community that could not exist without you, dear listener. So, thank you very much for listening, thank you for your patronage, and thank you for your continued support and your participation. Now, a little something that I will not stop harping about until the actual event itself occurs. Saturday, December 23rd, at the Ghost Talk Brewing Company, number 321, River Road in Clifton, we are hosting a listener meetup slash live show featuring music from Jersey City's own CR and The Nuns. The doors are at six. Music is at seven. There is no cover. There is no RSVP. Just delicious beer until close. Holiday camaraderie and ambrosia for you to purchase by way of Rut's Hut directly across the street. We hope to see you guys there. I hope you guys are all having a great day. And if you ain't having one, make it one. Fight, 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 damn it. Sincerely, yours truly, and with love, me. Mm. (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.